Uh, look at that. Coming, approaching it's me in all of his wonderful, freaky Bosmer town, fashion. I just had to send for your help. Your reputation precedes you. Right. Oh, allow me to introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> Pleased to meet you, Mr. Pointyhead. Likewise. Sorry to send Gillen's <laughs> 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 That would have been gold if it was on the recording. I've got coffee and you've got classic. Classic Elder Scrolls, that is. I am your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Eve Arwen, and I am joined by the, uh, my wonderful illustrious crew here, the, the gentleman whom I could not do this show, uh, without. Uh, number one on the list is, is Mike. Hello, everybody. Hopefully you guys have had a good week in Elder Scrolls, and uh, we will uh, hopefully be entertaining for the next hour here, watching Avarwin run away from minotaurs, ogres, and anything else that comes in his path. Oh yeah, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, and we're we're going we're going right after some uh, some vampires today, so you know exactly what's going to happen. Um, I'm going to get my butt handed to me, <laughs> and and of course. Uh, uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't, Mike. I didn't give you. I didn't give you a uh, a somewhat comical uh, introduction. Everyone forgets Mark. Uh, well, I, I actually met Mike. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten to you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, we haven't gotten. No. To, we haven't gotten you yet, Mark. So. No, no. <laughs> Mike, Mike, the <laughs> the uh, the painter of Tamrielic light. How about oh. that? You like that, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I'm not sure if I'm living up to. Uh, that paint the the true painter of light's uh, reputation yet. Shut up, he sucks. You're better. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all he did was paint cottages, and you know, yeah. just has you know mugs with his stuff and calendars. You know, you know, Kincaid. You know, <laughs> I thought your your painting actually is. Uh, I, I've held it up to a, a Kincaid before, and my mother was like, "Oh, they're they're there's they're." they're One's brighter than the other, and I said, "Well, that's because Mike painted this one." She goes, "I can't believe that." <laughs> yeah, as I was telling Mark earlier, you know, this was a good week for Elder Scrolls for me. I got uh, two paintings done this week uh, after almost eight weeks worth of working on them. Wow! So the Chain Hall one is done. For those that want to see it, uh, it's on my uh, Twitch and my Tumblr. And uh, Candle Hearth Hall from uh, Skyrim is also done. Sweet. So, so, I mean, have you have you uh, posted that on on Twitter yet? I haven't seen yep, it. Yep, they both have been on Twitter and on Tumblr. Uh, KDR Mickey uh, for either or, you know. Okay. And uh, and and not not to be not to be marginalized or or put in a box, but we have we have the one and only the 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 Tamrielic librarian himself, uh, the man who was there at the seating of Nern, Mark. Oh, I like this one. You like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Were you there for the forming of the White Gold Tower, Mark? Uh, I had to lay the foundation. Oh, 
I put you to work. <laughs> you, the, the divines are slave drivers. I'm telling you now. They sound like they are. Yeah, they're always asking to go do stuff for them. How you doing, Mark? Eh, I'm doing pretty good. Looking forward to this one. So, so before we get the show started proper, um, as I wander around the temple district, um, I think this is my next location. Yeah, before I go running in there first, though, uh, where to where to reach us? Well, you can always watch us live here Sundays, or should I say Sundas? But by the way, today's Sundas, Hearthfire the Fourteenth, and it is a beautiful day outside. Uh, so I hope you're you're out there and enjoying it. Um, well, after the show, after the show, of course, because yeah. you know. <laughs> Because Elder Scrolls comes first, uh, but you can watch us here every every Sunday, every Sundas morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Twitch, Twitch.tv/QuestGamingNetwork, and and of course, uh, if you want to email the show, you can go to QuestGamingNetwork.com or email us at QuestGamingNetwork at gmail.com. Uh, you can find everything about this show and everything else we do here at QGN at QuestGamingNetwork.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork. And, of course, we're on Google+. Plus. That is google.com slash plus sign questgamingnetwork. Mike, over to you. Oh, no, not over to me. Over to you. Uh, okay, so today, what will we be doing? We are going to be back in Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. Uh, we are going to see if we can get Avarwin through the quest for the Order of the Virtuous Blood. Probably not. Uh, for happen. those that uh, have never played this quest, it is a vampire hunt for Avarwin, since uh, we know he has uh, previous encounters with uh, the disease at the Roxy Inn. We're going to see if he can redeem himself uh, <laughs> with uh, finding one of his mortal foes. <laughs> Uh, today, we will have discussion topics, how to handle being a vampire in Oblivion. Uh, there's an article link uh, that uh, we will put out uh, that shows the wiki how. And uh, we will be doing the history of uh, Tamrielic Histories, the vampire. Then uh, Mark is going to cover vampirism, arena to Skyrim. Uh, and we will have our fast question and an email sent in by our, one of our listeners. And uh, also, if um, you're watching this, uh, if you're watching this live or hearing this on the show, and you wanted to, uh, you want to catch up with us, you can always do that on YouTube as well. YouTube.com/slash/QuestGamingNetwork. All right, so so I'm on this quest, right? And um, geez, I already forgot the name of it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Order of the Virtuous Blood. It's early. <laughs> yeah, Order of the Virtuous Blood. And I gotta, I gotta walk inside this dude's house. But um, I'm being told that I, I can't really walk in here so so let me just quick save real fast and then I'm just going to storm in here like a alright I'm just going to find another way because apparently that door is locked <laughs> <laughs> crap you didn't think you are going to have to use thieving skills as uh, a virtuous paladin huh oh well um, I'm, I'm not beyond doing that if the cause is good <clears throat> but um, I also have to have lock picks ah yeah. yeah, that's one thing. I really wish like you could smash stuff in these games, right? Like you, you know? could do in Daggerfall. Yeah, like you know, you see a chest and you know, just smash it. You know, you see a door, just kick it in. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah, I don't have lock picks. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh, but that's all right because I can always buy lock picks from the shady dealer just outside. Uh, just outside the Imperial City. 
So it looks like we're off to a really awesome start. <laughs> Shortest quest ever. <laughs> Thanks for coming, guys. By the way, hello to everyone in the chat room. Uh, you guys are coming in, and it's very nice to see all of you. Um, all right, so let's let's get our first I discussion. It's because it's nighttime, like uh, if you wait until daylight, if because it's nighttime, everybody's locked into their house sleeping. Yeah. Well, it's not nearly as much fun as it is to watch me go and freak out for a few seconds and completely be yeah. unable to think of these these things. <laughs> um, all right, so so today's episode just kind of ended up being all about vampires, and uh, I think Mike, it was you, right, who who came up with the idea of doing this this quest on. Yeah, I was going back through uh, some of the um, things that my character had completed. And I felt that this was a pretty short type quest that, uh, you know, you get a, a reward at the end, a title at the end, and uh, it's pretty rewarding, I felt. And I figured, you know, this would fit into your character really well. Yeah, so... Alright, Chase Sam, let's, let's leave if we could buy some, some stuff from you. Yeah, so so then that, that kind of ended up happening. And... It, um. Mark sort of jumped all over that, and and he was like, "Yeah, you know what? Um, I know a lot of stuff about about vampires in these games." And then, so so the history of um, that Mike was doing sort of rolled into into more stuff. And then I said, "All right, let me let me take that and run with it." So I did a little searching on my own, um, and you know, I found I found a, a pretty cool article. I was looking on the forums uh, at first. I didn't find anything on there that was you know interesting enough to sort of bring up as a discussion point. So what I ended up doing was after after doing some searching, I actually found this cool little article on uh, this this site called WikiHow. I don't I don't know if anyone's aware of it. Yeah, I've never seen WikiHow. Usually, I go to US the unofficial Elder Scrolls. I can never remember the acronym for that, but the unofficial Elder uh, Scrolls. UESP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and either that or just the wiki uh, page itself for Elder Scrolls. So I've never seen the wiki how. Yeah, I, I I debated whether or not to include this when I when I saw the the wiki how link, and I said, ah, let me at least check it out. This is called how to handle being how to handle being a vampire, and you know uh, we've got a list here of like five different things that um it's actually six six different things that that the the article recommends you keep in mind when selecting vampirism for your character in Oblivion. Now this this could apply to other games in the series. It 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 may not. It is Oblivion centered uh this advice. So so keep that in mind and maybe uh Mike and Mark can, you know, pick up on one or two of these points and and sort of just say like, "Yeah, hey, you know, that worked or that didn't work in, in other games too." So uh number 1, they say buy a house. You can deal with vampirism so much more easily. If you can retreat into your own house rather than having to find some random place to stay in while the sun is up. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, you know, you, you go to these caves and stuff and they're all littered with people and you're trying to hide from the sun and you have to fight your way through the cave. By that point in time, you know, there's no chance to rest. I just want to call out. I totally unlocked that door, yo. <laughs> Did you break any picks? I didn't see. I broke two. Oh, okay. <laughs> But there was four pins, I think, so. 
I, I've got Nicely the uh, skeleton key now, so I don't even bother. I just use the auto unlock and just, you know. All I right. gave up on the lockpicking in Oblivion a long time ago. I went out and found that that's the skeleton key. Couldn't take it. The, the only reason why I do that is because I'm totally unaware of a skeleton key in Oblivion, and now I want it. So, Oh, maybe that'll be uh, two weeks from now. We'll uh, take on some of the Daedric quests. Oh, that would be... That's a nice idea, actually. Yeah, we'll get you the skeleton key. Uh, we'll go hunt unicorns. Unicorn? Oh, yeah, I had a unicorn. And, and then, <laughs> uh, it's a long story. But anyway, uh, the second point is... Drink blood. It'll reduce the effects of the four stages of vampirism. Drink blood. It, Does it yeah, come in it's Cab Sauvignon? Good. What's that, Mark? <laughs> Does yeah. it come in Cab Sauvignon? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how uh, how much the person's been drinking, I guess. So, so uh, yeah, Mark, what do you got on that? Yeah, uh, well, that's one of the things about Oblivion is I believe the first stage um, and possibly the second, I'd have to check my notes, but um, until you get to a certain point, uh, you're okay with sunlight. Uh, it doesn't actually do damage to you until some of the further stages. Right. Okay. So, you know, yeah, you definitely, especially until you get your house, you definitely want to keep, you know, uh, definitely stay uh, yeah definitely drink all the blood you can to keep it that first stage the next point is embrace your abilities don't just automatically assume that vampirism is an absolutely bad thing to have you get your awesome powers and abilities and if you can if you can handle the uh, the other things as well it, it's a it's a good idea to to take it on and and um, I sort of have to have to echo that, you know. If it wasn't for the fact that um, if it wasn't for the fact that I, I was, you know, role playing a paladin on on a on a holy quest, um, I may have actually tried to make vampirism work. the The reason why I didn't was because it, it's not what I wanted to do for that character. Um, but I, I guess I guess what I sort of like about how difficult vampirism can be in this game is is also the fact that you have to learn how to be a how to be a good vampire how to how to survive you got to learn how to do that and you see that in 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 vampire movies you know there's always that one guy that goes from you know human to vampire and the the, the movie is about how do you how do you how do you do this and, yeah. and you know it always introduced so I, I always liked that about and it's very funny because, like, I love watching some of the vampire stuff out there, you know, the real vampire stuff. Uh, I was enthralled with uh, the Dracula series that uh, I think it was ABC was running last year, and it's going to come back with its second season. But in all of these games, I've never played a vampire. Uh, there's just something about, you know, the the outside of it that just really doesn't do it for me. Um, you know, that you, looking at it, it looks cool, but... Infecting yourself with a disease, you know, it just, I don't know, as the scientist in me who, you know, tries to cure diseases, just really, I have a, tr a struggle with uh, either being a vampire or a werewolf in these games. Yeah, it really does require a completely different mindset in how you play the game when you get infected with this. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing that you bought a lot of lockpicks, too. 
<laughs> we need to get you that skeleton key. <laughs> I'm gonna have a fit. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Lord. I can't even fight the vampires because I can't unlock the damn doors. <laughs> He's done a good job hiding himself away, that's for sure. <laughs> Oh, I'll just put this basic lock on the door. No paladin will ever get in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Do we have to find another thief for you to, you know, buy some more picks from? <laughs> uh, if, if this were me in real life, like right now, I would probably take like a table or a chair and just break the damn door. <laughs> Uh, Nine's thirteen gaming says, "Did you try knocking?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, is anybody in there? You, you hear that little voice from uh, Family Guy? No, Mister Vampire, no here. <laughs> Damn it! When's he coming back? Vampire Hunter O'Gram. All right. To, I'm running out of lockpicks like in, 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 a, in an alarming rate right now. I'm just going to have to load my game. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh, God. All right. So, uh, I think we were on to number four. Yeah, that was that was embrace your abilities. Now, plan out your plan out your activities and movements. Probably something I should have done before the show. <laughs> Buy 1,000 lockpicks. <laughs> <laughs> Plan out your activities and movements because, let's face it, when when you can't when you can't move around be due to the sun, when you go outside in the sun and you're just you're just getting hammered by the damage, you really got to know where where you're going, almost how long it's going to take in order to get there, and because if you decide to walk from point A to point B, it's got to be done at night. You got to have a, a roundabout idea as how long it's going to take you to do this, and you can't get distracted. Right. I mean, you, 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 I'm on my way to Anvil in my playthrough. I have to bring the the sealed documents to the Countess of Anvil, and you know every single uh, ruin and cave. You know, I spent three hours, and I didn't even make it to Skingrad yesterday from the Imperial City. <laughs> Thank Christ, I got that door open. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, and the other thing too is, <clears throat> when I was when I was a vampire, like I tried to be slick about it. And I tried to fast travel. No, <laughs> no, because if 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 it takes if it takes longer for you to fast travel per in-game hour than it does for the sun to come up. <clears throat> um, by the time you get there, you're going to be dead. Yeah. I mean, that is one penalty to the fast travel is that the, the, the time scale. So. Right. Uh, so plan out your activities and movements. Um, and then, of course, download extra content such as the Vile Layer, which allows vampires and evil players to feed and live below ground comfortably. And uh, the WikiHow article says, in particular, the Vile Layer is made with vampires in mind. It includes a purchasable prisoner on whom you can feed ugh, and a font of renewal which will cure you of vampirism. Now, I find that funny because they, they made the game 
so you could it would be hard for you to to get a vampire cure and then they come out with DLC that gives you just like a font of of renewal and it cures it for you right then and there yeah yeah it, it's it's one of the two cures available in the game and yeah it's it's simple or you can do the very lengthy quest to cure it the normal way I think that's one of the things is that some of the aspects of the game they have made very difficult and so when you do see some of these um, mods coming out the people put into it things that really take away some of the the very hard mechanics um, I have a housing mod that has the uh, the spell creation um, system in it already so that I don't have to you know, become a mage college member or so yeah all right, and um, of course the the final point here is remember there is there is a cure. That yep. is the the final point there. Um, all right, anything else, guys? Before we before we move on, and um, I may hurt someone because uh, I didn't. I don't think I actually needed to go through that door <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> so, uh, uh, did you find there should be like uh, a scroll or something telling you where he's gone to? Hmm. I haven't. I didn't get a quest update, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's upstairs. Right. Like on uh, the main floor. You, there, there might be a letter or something. Yeah, it's a letter. I thought that says that he's gone uh, to the cottage, or that he owns a cottage. Hmm. I got a love letter here from uh, Ralphina. Well, I think ah, it's there the we girl are. That, oh. Wow, it's like the the tiniest letter ever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. After searching Roland's home, I found a letter written to Roland from his girlfriend. It mentions a cabin where two would meet. It's located east of the Imperial City in the Great Forest. I think this may be where Roland could be hiding. I should head out there immediately before he has a chance to escape. All right. So he's going to. All right. Gotcha. That's on the way to Chaden Hall. Right. Located east of... Very interesting. So let's let's head on out there now. All right. Now, as we do that, um, let's let's get into let's get into the history of topic. Now, now, Mike, uh, you went in there and it did all this research on on vampires and and whatnot. So, so what do you got for us today on on the history of vampires in Tamriel? It's very interesting. The number of books in game that you can read on vampirism. Uh, one of the most common ones I'll read just excerpts of each of them. And I'm not reading the whole books. Vampirism, he said, and then he paused with a quizzical look. I was told that you were someone I should seek out for help understanding it. I was a teacher once myself, years ago, he said. Not in a university, a trainer in the Fighters Guild. But I know that if a student doesn't ask the right questions, the teacher cannot be responsible for his failures. I intend to ask you the right questions. And that's an excerpt from Immortal Blood. So the first thing we should ask is, what kind of questions should we be asking about vampires? So, how did they come about? How does one become a vampire? What are the types of vampires? What are the powers associated with the vampire? And what is the social structure in vampiric culture? Because I find that the most fascinating, the social structure that they have in these games. 
So let's start with how did they come about? Uh, so an excerpt from Vampires of Vardenfell, Volume 2. In Temple Doctrine, one ancient tradition holds that among his many other crimes, Molag Bal, the father of monsters, spawned the first vampires upon the corpse of a defeated foe. Several different versions of this story exist, with the foe variously identified as a Daedra Lord, a Temple Saint, or a powerful beast creature. This account of the origin of vampires is particular to Morrowin, appearing nowhere else in Imperial lore. And then from the Aspulus Lame Bale, Tamriel was still young and filled with dangers and wondrous magics when Bal walked in the aspect of a man and took a virgin, Lame Olfag, from the Netic peoples. Savage and loveless, Bal profaned her body, and her screams became the shrieking winds, which still haunts certain fjords of Skyrim. Shedding a lone droplet of blood on her brow, Bal left Nern, having sought, sown his wrath. So, how do we become vampires? Uh, there's a couple ways. Uh, in Oblivion, uh, there is Porphic Hemophilia, uh, which when translated really is before achieving at great cost a bleeding disorder which I find pretty funny uh, a better name would have been ferric homo or hemoanemia meaning you know iron low blood count so you need to feed but uh, yeah, I don't know if they consult doctors and scientists when they create some of these names in the game uh, in Skyrim I mean it, do, do you think they did it, it sounds, it sounds I, I think that they good. picked up some um scientific sounding names associated with with blood but i don't know uh the porphilic hemophilia i mean hemophilia is a bleeding disorder where you can't stop bleeding right uh, anemia is a uh, disorder of the blood where you don't carry enough uh, oxygen either through too little blood or too little iron in the blood uh so you know since you're a vampire you'd assume that it'd be the fact that uh you need to feed on blood to replenish your own. I mean, that's a common mythology point throughout our own culture that the vampire feeds because it doesn't have its own blood to, you know, to sustain it. Well, uh, ju just to, uh, just to update you on the quest. Um, I've arrived at Roland's cabin and, okay. uh, it's, it's saying I should proceed inside to see if he's here. I should be cautious as Sarader warned me that vampires could be very dangerous. So, sounds like I need to quick save. Now, now, you know, just as a hint, when you proceed inside, don't just, you know, roll bash your way through, you know. <laughs> It'll be a very short quest if you kill off the vampire before you get to talk to him. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, and also, I want to I want to point out that, that, you know, the things that you're talking about sounds to me like the different stages of vampirism. So these are the this is the disease itself um, that uh, the vampire uh, in game how you contract it. Mm. So you know, other than sleeping at the Roxy Inn, uh, <laughs> <laughs> stay away on a on a modeled blood roll, <laughs> yeah. bed roll filled with blood. Now in Skyrim they changed the disease uh, to Sanguinear Vampiris, which actually you know uh, sanguine is the blood uh, of the vampire. Um, you know, and, uh, you see a lot of this, uh, um, when you, if you read Templar lore, uh, in, um, the Knights Templar, uh, anybody who's read 
the Da Vinci Code, um, things of that nature. Probably have seen some of the references to it, uh, the blood of Christ, uh, the royal blood. Uh, so that one actually makes a lot more sense, the blood of the vampire. And then the last way to contract it is uh, through um, a contract with Molag Ball himself. And anybody who's played uh, Skyrim uh, with the Dawn Guard or played uh, ESO has heard of the Daughters of Cold Harbor. Uh, so a contract with Molag Ball will actually create a new bloodline of vampires. Really? Yep. Okay. Now, throughout the game, we run across a couple of different ones. We have a fledgling, uh, feral, and blood fiends, which those are pretty much... Uh, the fledgling is a novice, just been turned. The feral or blood fiend pretty much is a mindless eating machine. Uh, blooded, Mistwalker, Nightstalker. Uh, these are all mid-level vampires. Ancient, Nightlord, Lord, which are the higher-level vampires. And then we have the patriarch and matriarch of the family bloodlines. So um, when you deal with uh, Skyrim's um, Lord Harkin... Uh, he is actually like a lord and a patriarch. He's the head of the family. Right, right. Yeah, he. they do make it out to be that that he, as a vampire, seems to be a, a lot more powerful than than um, other other vampires that you've encountered in, in Skyrim and certainly around in, in Tamriel as well. Yeah. Well, that's because he was transformed by Molag Bal himself. Yeah, so he yeah. Uh, is one of those ones that dealt into the contract with Molag Bal and, yeah. Uh, his daughter, uh, Serana, oftentimes refers to herself as a daughter of Cold Harbor. So him and his whole family have dealt into that contract. So him and his wife are patriarch and matriarch vampires. Okay. All right. Speaking of vampires, um, spoiler warning, here's, here's an update on, on the quest. Um, and I, I apologize if I'm if I'm being rude, Mike. It's just um, no, that's great. You know, the, keep everybody up to date on what's going on in the quest here. Yeah, that's I, I kind of have to kind of have to read it because I'm trying to listen to you, and <clears throat> I've never done this quest before at the same time. So it's uh, it's tough to like figure out where I got to go next if I don't read this stuff. So um, <clears throat> spoiler warning: uh, I did find Roland. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that. Uh, I did find Roland, and he tells me that uh, he thought. His, uh, his his lover was having an affair, so he followed her one night on a walk. Uh, he came across Sarader, draining the blood from her neck. Roland says he attacked Sarader, and in the chaos, Roland's lover was killed. Sarader got away. Now, knowing Sarader was a respected member of the Imperial City, he panicked and ran to the cabin here to collect his thoughts and decide what to do next. I need to decide what to do about this. So, so it looks like we got a bit of a red herring in this quest. Yeah, so who do you want to kill off? Do you think that uh, Sarader's the vampire or Roland's the vampire? Interesting. It is one thing I do love about Oblivion that, you know, they give you these kind of, you know, you know who did it? You know, it's not going to tell you who did it. It's going to give you two sides of a, of a coin. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's daylight and he's inside. Okay. So let's see what happens. Because when we talked to Sarader just before show started, he said that he saw Roland killing the girl. Let's see what happens when it's nighttime. Let's see what he does. Okay. 
So, all right. So, uh, not so we'll too... move on to the powers of the vampire. Yeah, please. Uh, so, Kinfather Molag Ball, who brought forth the blood matron Lame to spite Arcade, we owe our existence, as do all vampires. Though not all honor him, for him we re- revel in the feast and acknowledge the gift adrift in our veins. To patron Clavicus Vile, beacon o'er our affairs, we owe our success and social stature. Our bonds with Vile make us unique among our kind, for his guidance steals our savage cravings with reason and savvy. For him we live amidst mankind and twist them to our will from offices of power. This is the Manifesto Cyrodiil Vampirum. So uh, one thing that's interesting, you know, we're all thinking, oh, you know, if they spend time out in the sun, they're going to die. We're only going to see them at dark. Uh, Cyrodiilic vampires actually can walk in daylight. Uh, well, most vampires are affected depending on their stages of feeding by the sun. So waiting for him at dark may not make much of a difference. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, as I'm as I'm seeing, um, as a as a quick test there. How do you test to see if someone's a vampire? It's called save, kill, and reload if need be. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, let's see. I can't give the guy. I can't trade with the guy, can I? Probably not. I don't know. So some powers that have carried throughout most of the games, resistance to disease, resistance to poison, resistance to frost, resistance to normal weapons, uh, reanimate and control undead, the vampiric strength and movement, night vision, vampiric drain, vampiric seduction, and embrace the shadows, invisibility, and a necromage capability. So, you know, to some effect, almost all of the games, at least the later games, have had this. ESO, Skyrim, Oblivion, and Morrowind. Now, this next section is the one that I'm, uh, I found most fascinating. And that is, is there a social structure to the vampiric culture? So, once again, from Immortal Blood. I told him that I, what I could. But there was one tribe in Cyrodiil, a powerful clan, who had ousted all other competitors, much like the Imperials themselves had done. Their true name was unknown, lost in history. But they were experts at concealment. If they kept themselves well-fed, they were indistinguishable from living persons. They were cultured, more civilized than the vampires of the provinces, preferring to feed on victims while they were asleep and unaware. And if we look, there's a whole bunch of clans throughout the um, uh, different regions of Sky of Emriel. We're all pretty much uh, versed with the Volcahir clan of Skyrim. This is Lord Harkin, right. uh, Serana, her mother. The entire Dawnguard expansion. Uh, in Morrowind, there's three clans and one extra type. Um, the clan... So it's actually more vampires in Morrowind. More different types of vampires. Um, so it looks like in Skyrim and in Cyrodiil, all other clans have been ousted and everybody belongs to either the Cyrodiilic clan or the Volcahir clan, depending on which province you're in. Um but as we get to some of the other provinces, there's a lot more vampires uh, that are much more territorial in nature. Uh, so, like in Morrowind, there's the Andale clan of Vardenfell, and it's composed entirely of Altmer. So, uh, pretty much, you have to be a high elf to be a member of that clan. 
uh, the Bernie clan of Morrowind and the Quara clan of Vardenfell. And then the last type is uh, Ash Vampires of Morrowind, and they there are very few of them. Um, they serve the sixth house. They have gray skin, red eyes, and they have a third eye on their forehead that distinguishes them. So pretty hard to hide that third eye unless they're wearing some type of hat, helmet, or turban. <laughs> <laughs> the Ash Vampires are the only clan that you can't join in Morrowind. Yeah. Now, as we move from there to the Iliac Bay, so uh, Daggerfall area, um, we end up with uh, nine clans. Uh, the Lizrezi clan of the Isle of Belfira, uh, the Antimos clan of Antimos, uh, the Kalari Kel- clan of Dragontail Mountains, the Halaru clan of Elysian Hills, the Garlithi clan of Northmore, the Saloon clan of Sentinel, the Montillion clan of Wayrest, the Varish clan of Daggerfall, and the Thrayfey clan of Dwayden. Uh, so you can see they are much more territorial in their nature. Each has their own either city or region of the Iliac Bay that they control. I think it's funny how how these you go from Morrowind to Oblivion and then into Skyrim and it, it, it's each game sort of sort of deals with vampires but but starts to become um, either less in depth or or uh, less less descriptive in how in how the in how it deals with with vampires you know it seems like in Skyrim it was it was an afterthought but in, and in in Oblivion, it's handled through a couple of quests, and it makes it interesting and fun. But in Morrowind, it's like there's a lot going on here. And if you if you start to you know uh, scratch the surface a bit, you you see how that there's there's quite a lot going on with with uh, with vampires in in Morrowind. Yeah, I, it definitely with the Morrowind, it gives you a much more like it's it's kind of like the thieves go that's hidden but it's there you know it's an underbelly type of situation uh that uh, is pervasive throughout the culture and especially yeah. when you move to the iliac bay i mean nine different clans yeah and that was one of the things in in daggerfall with the with all the different clans around the iliac bay um they were all different in that you'd get maybe one spell uh for each clan I know one gave you a big boost to your intelligence. Uh, while in Morrowind, the three clans you could join gave you like uh, bonuses to your skills and your stat. Like they gave you got you were given more depending on what clan you joined in Morrowind. And in both of those games, you could actually do quests for your clan. Uh, in Daggerfall, you would actually get a, a letter once a month saying, uh, you know, with something they wanted you to do. While in Morrowind, you could actually go to your clan and ask them, you know, do quests for them there. And they abandoned that completely in Oblivion, and you didn't get that back until Dawnguard and Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's actually something I found kind of disappointing with Oblivion's take on vampires, because supposedly the vampires in Oblivion are are very involved in behind the scenes, pulling the strings and entering into offices where they can uh, put to, you know get some pow- uh, political power behind them. 
And you would think there would be a bit more of a clan structure there to sort of – so that they're not uh, um, butting heads, as it were, that they could actually work together for some greater purpose. And I really think that the quest that we're on right now was like the tip of the iceberg and then the iceberg melted underneath it because it starts out so nice, you know, with you getting this quest to find and infiltrate and figure out who the vampire is and become a vampire slayer uh, as part of the order of uh, virtuous blood. And then it just kind of dies once you complete the quest. And so it would have been nice if this was like the beginning of a further um quest line to find and root out the vampires throughout the uh, the Imperial City. Yeah, especially if they have you join a, a whole order like that. I mean, that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely cool. Um, am I literally going into combat over a freaking mud crab? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Mud crabs only know hate. <laughs> like the freaking Daleks of the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so we've got another update here on, on this, on this quest. Um, and that is, I've discovered that Sarator, after, after bribing the shopkeep of first edition, um, I've discovered that Sarator makes the occasional visit to a place called Memorial Cave. It's a burial site for many heroes that died in the past. Sarator supposedly has a relative interred there. Perhaps I should go investigate. So, so... The uh, the plot thickens, as they say. Yep. Very very interesting. Um, okay, and uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, so, so Mike, yeah, what one else? One last reading, and uh, for uh, to complete it out here. I mean, sure. we do have a couple tribes in Valenwood. Um, before we move on, uh, so in Valenwood, there's four different tribes that are noted: uh, the Bansamu, the Kir Ithil, uh, the Yik F, and the Telboth. Um, your val- your Valenwood sounds little, blood. a little rusty. Uh, you know, one being the one that replaces a child in the household um, and then kills the family. One that swallows people whole. Uh, but when you're talking about Valenwood and Bosmers, you know, I don't know if there's much difference between uh, a vampire and just the regular eating of uh, fallen comrades that uh, the Bosmer normally do. They make the best barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, I play a Bosmer, so, you know, I can say that. <laughs> uh, so the final uh, book that we'll read out of here, uh, once again from the Manifesto, Cyrodiil Vampirum. Know first that we are no simple tribe of savages tearing throats with the orgasmic abandon of our scattered tribal brethren. Ours is a civil fraternity to which we are bound, every one, to our dual hunger for flesh and influence by the virtue of imperial structure and bureaucracy. Cyrodiil has become our stronghold in the Third Era, and we suffer no savage rivals within our boundaries. We reveal ourselves to none and manipulate the hand of society to met our agendas. So we're seeing that right now where they're manipulating the hand of Avarwin to figure out who is the vampire or who is to be killed off I'm totally being manipulated uh, there's vampires everywhere inside this memorial cave so I'm sure that doesn't mean anything no not at all yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright um, oh, it's really creepy in here is uh, I hope the game volume isn't isn't too loud 
So if it is, I I do apologize. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good, right? Okay. Damn, that was a good hit. Nice. It's kind of funny because uh, Twitch is always like, what a minute or two behind what you're seeing. So, yeah. Yeah. Watching you fight sometimes, you know, you just whoop that person into the wall. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this person's like trying to. This person, this this vampire, is trying to turn me into a, a vampire with this spell they're flinging at me. And that's one thing that I also, I also noted yesterday when I was playing is the uh, claustrophobic nature of these some of these uh, passageways in here. Yes, and some of them are so small um, that uh, they definitely give you that feeling of claustrophobia, uh, without a doubt. And I I actually suffer from from claustrophobia. So sometimes getting in these games, like if I'm I have to like sort of pull away from the um, from the computer screen a little bit uh, because I, I start to f my anxiety starts to creep up a little bit, which just furthers my immersion. So yeah. I, I hate it and like <laughs> it at the same time. And then you add in when they put in that little bit of water that you have to transverse, and you're like, "Oh my god, how deep is this? <laughs> Do I have to go under it? You know, am I going to have an affair?" Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, let's let's move on. Let's move on down to to Mark here, who's got who's got a few thoughts on vampirism from Arena to Skyrim. Yeah, well, I haven't played I've played Arena, but I haven't uh, played. One thing I haven't spent a lot of time doing in Arena is dealing with vampires. Uh, from what I've been able to research, I've seen that vampires can supposedly pass on vampire diseases. But there's nothing that I've seen that suggests you can actually play as a vampire. So, as a result, the first time you can, I can say you can really play as a vampire is in Daggerfall. And just as a warning to everyone from here on, you know, from here on in, in every show I, I'm in, I'm likely to mention Daggerfall a lot. Oh, I, I don't blame you. Daggerfall uh, is an amazing game. I, I love, I legitimately love Daggerfall. Oh, it's it's actually where a lot of the things that we see as Elder Scrolls mechanics actually come in for the first time. Yeah. Usually more complex than they actually end up being in later games. Yeah, I was taking a look uh, at um, at Arena last night because I've been I've been playing a lot of a lot of Daggerfall, and uh, while 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 doing that, I always think to myself like, you know, it's such an old game, and I remember playing Arena, but I don't really remember it being like this. And then you go into Arena, and, and like the jump from Arena to Daggerfall is massive even though they look very similar like the the systems in the game the technology itself it's, it's just like daggerfall is just a far better more solid game and it feels like you were saying it, it it's it's really i think i think daggerfall is really the the very first elder scrolls game like as we know the series and, and arena is kind of like it's it's uh it's ancestor well, from what I understand, Arena initially came out as sort of um, a gladiatorial combat simulator. Like, you would travel around going to different arenas and basically try to make yourself, like, the the top gladiator in the land. And then as they were doing it, they suddenly ended up with this much more broad fantasy game with a, a larger plot. But they'd already printed every, all the... Uh, all the promos and all the boxes and everything. So it was a case of, uh, we'll we'll call it arena. Um, the land is sometimes called the arena, which we never <laughs> see from there on in. Right. You only see it in the uh, in the intro where they yeah. refer to it as that. And I think they're talking about about Tamriel as a whole, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And we never hear anyone refer to it as the arena ever again. No. Yeah. Um, so when they then got to Daggerfall, they actually started off with the idea of let's make a fantasy game and we now have a better idea as to what we're starting with. Um, so the interesting thing is in... In, pre- in games after Daggerfall, when you get infected with a disease, you get a little thing that appears that says you've been infected with a disease, uh, such as vampirism. In Daggerfall, if you catch vampirism, the first sign that you have it is the next time you sleep. And you actually get a cutscene. And cutscenes are very rare in Daggerfall. There are maybe a handful of them. I think there's maybe three or four times... or four or five times when you could possibly see a cutscene in that game. And the game's huge. Two of those times are when you're infected with lycanthropy and vampirism. And when you're infected with vampirism, you get a... uh, The cutscene is of this woman, and as you get closer to her, you see she's crying tears of blood. And the wonderfully muffled voice over says... Your sleep is uh, your sleep is uh, troubled by nightmares of a beautiful woman whom you murder in a dark place, and after that your seventy-two hour window uh, begins. And so the 70, 72 hours to get cured has basically been a staple of vampirism ever since. Right. Uh, after seventy-two hours is done, you die, um, and like the character literally just drops to the ground dead. And, you know, every time you die in Daggerfall, you get the little cutscene of your body being brought to the mausoleum. So about a week or two later, your character wakes up in your tomb. Your criminal record is expunged, your guild memberships have ended, you have changed physically enough that no one... You're basically a new person in the eyes of everything, in the eyes of everyone. And this is a benefit, because if you've been doing a lot of criminal stuff, you know, you can sort of wipe wipe the slate, but the problem becomes that uh, guilds that have a limited chance of joining, like the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood, uh, you've, if you've already joined them, you're out and you can never rejoin them. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, vampires in in Daggerfall were uh, they got more stat bonuses than the ones in later games. They got plus twenty to all stats and bonuses to all their physical stare skills and of course they got their abilities according to clans and your traditional immunities but they also had traditional vampire weaknesses of of sunlight but also of going into holy places so if you went into a temple you it would be like going out into the sun and of course this made it much more difficult to play the game because you it made shopping an extremely difficult thing uh, it was also harder to talk to people because you would scare them. Uh, and the only ways you had two options to get cured. Uh, sorry, only screaming. <laughs> exactly. Uh, your two options to get cured were you either um, every every year you would get a note from vamp- from former vampires suggesting you go kill the father of your bloodline and that would cure you, or you could find some uh, some witches and go to deliver a potion from the uh, for them. Uh, and then just drink the potion yourself, which would you'd fail the quest, but you'd cure your vampirism. Uh, in Morrowind, in Morrowind, um, you didn't get as many stat bonuses, and you didn't. While you were told you had uh, contracted the disease, you you didn't have the cutscene or anything. Instead, 
the night, the three days after you caught the disease, the next time you slept, you were woken by a a nightmare, and you were automatically a vampire at that point. Uh, That sounds familiar. It's not nearly as 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 interesting as the Daggerfall one, where you had the cutscene. I'll tell you what, though, um, that, that cutscene sounds really freaky. Oh, you can find it on YouTube. It's, uh, it's, it's a pretty cool one. Um, my favorite, I preferred the, uh, the lycanthropy cutscene, but, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's a discussion for another day. You said you can find it on YouTube, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think you, you put in, uh, just, just type in Daggerfall and Vampire Nightmare, and that should do it. Huh. Okay, go ahead. Mark, you still there? Yes, uh, oh. I am. Okay, looks like we had a little bit of a uh, technical hiccup there. So, so uh, okay, so, so, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so in Morrowind, um, you didn't have the damage from holy places, but you instead you had the increased damage from fire. Um, and instead... Oh, in Daggerfall, if you didn't kill once a day, you couldn't rest or loiter. Just basically, you couldn't sleep. So If you didn't you kill to, once a day in Daggerfall. Yeah, if you didn't kill one, once every 24 hours, you just couldn't wait. You, could, uh, you couldn't sleep. So, but in Morrowind, instead, you couldn't heal unless you were using um, a vampiric ability or a spell. So that was the penalty. Uh, and the only way to ki- get yourself cured in Morrowind was actually to do a quest for Molag Ball. Uh, and you actually you had to go deal with um, some family issues he had. And actually, the member of the family you have to deal with is actually in ESO. So wait, so wait, you're saying Molag Ball had family issues? But yeah. <laughs> for, for some reason, you know, uh, doesn't seem to get along well with people. Yeah, not surprised. Not surprised. Yeah. Not at all. Probably a little uh, heavy-handed. You, know, when you are moves. evil like that. You know your own kids want to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I yeah. didn't get that sense from his daughter when uh, in, in Elder Scrolls Online. But... Yeah. Yeah. She she seemed like she liked him. Yeah. Uh, Oblivion. Um, you had you got your warning that you were that you had gotten sick that you had advan- uh, uh, pyrophoric hemophilia, but then uh, seventy-two hours later then you would start turning into a vampire and you'd start having dreams. And it was it would take you three days and three sleeps in order to actually fully turn into a vampire. Uh, and the interesting thing was, while later... This is where the stages of vampirism were introduced, but while these stages last... Or these stages uh, progress... Uh, you move through stages if you uh, don't feed... In Oblivion, if you, they, you didn't actually move down to the next stage, uh, if you didn't sleep. Oh, really? You could, fast travel, you could fast travel, you could walk places, but if you didn't sleep, you wouldn't move down to the next stage. Okay, now that sounds different from how it's handled in uh, in Oblivion and Skyrim. Well, that that is in Oblivion. In, okay, all right. I'm yeah, sorry. I, that is. I thought you said Morrowind. Yeah, no, no. It's you know. Yeah, I, sorry. I moved on to Oblivion. Um, in Oblivion, you get a lot of the things that you would get in, in Morrowind. Um, but with the stages, you didn't start getting sunlight damage until you hit the second stage. And by the time you hit the fourth stage, people wouldn't talk to you and guards would pretty much want to kill you on sight. Oh, yeah. 
And this also introduced feeding from sleeping humanoids, where in Daggerfall you just killed something, and in uh, Morrowind you just you had to absorb life force from something. Here you actually would find someone sleeping as a classic vampire would and feed from them. And the only way to get yourself cured was through the font of renewal in the vile lair, or by doing a very lengthy quest for a glimoral witch to make potion. And you could probably say that that potion that you make there is the same one that you could take in Daggerfall. That's um, that's actually how I cured myself of vampirism in in Oblivion. Was uh, doing doing, the, doing that quest. I, I didn't think your character would pick up the vial there. It didn't sound like uh, something he'd do. Nah. Uh, yeah. So Skyrim introduced uh, vampirism where sunlight actually doesn't hurt you at all, regardless of what stage you're at. It weakens you, and the further down the stages you are, um, it lowers your maximum attribute and how quickly it regenerates. And But at the same time, the lower down the stages you were, the better your resistances would become. So, And you'd get more abilities. So Skyrim actually made it that you wanted to sort of balance out how far, da- how far down your stages you went, whereas in Oblivion there there really wasn't a whole lot of reason to become a lower-staged vampire. Yeah, it was either... Yeah, it's... It, it, it was either you you kind of, like, use this as, like, a role-playing thing where, you know, you, you sort of, like, hate yourself for being a vampire, but, you, you know, you don't necessarily want to give up on, on the minor skill boosts that you get, uh, or you go full into it. Um, mm-hmm. Now, it, from... From what it looks like, though, it seems that the vampires from Cyrodiil have taken over for the vampires from Skyrim, because I know that there's at least one book that mentions Skyrim vampires are supposedly able to reach through ice and not break it. Like, they're able to move through ice as though it was just air. Really? Yeah. That's pretty and cool. The, this yeah, that's immortal ver- blood. Yeah. And the version of vampirism that you find in Skyrim is much closer to the Cyrodiilic type and actually has better resistance to sunlight. So it's a question as to whether or not in the intervening 200 years the Cyrodiilic vampires have just completely wiped out the vampire brand, uh, the Skyrim ones, except for the, the clan Volkir. And of course, then Dawnguard came out and introduced the whole vampire lord concept. Which, you know, gave you the ability to actually turn into the huge vampire lord. Right. Now, up until up until that time, nothing like that ever really existed in the games at all. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I like about the vampire lord is it seems to be modeled after um, the, the bat creature that um, Gary Oldman turns into in uh, the Dracula movie he was in. Yeah. It is, which... That's uh, Dracula, uh, like uh, Bram, yeah, Bram Stoker's, Stoker's Dracula. Dracula. Okay, yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of um, the guy who plays Wolverine um, in uh, the Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman in that one there, where he played Van Helsing, um, when he becomes the werewolf, and uh, the guy who plays Dracula becomes the bat creature, and they fight at the right. end scene there. Yeah. Um, I found Sarader inside this cave, and he is uh, he's admitting to me that he actually is a vampire. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Send you off to kill an innocent guy who saw him. Yeah. Very Sarader-like vampire. Uh, 
type of way. Manipulate the people to do your bidding. He does everything he can to throw you off, like that hair. No one with that hair could be a vampire. Exactly. That's sort of what I was thinking to myself. Like, that's probably the most ridiculous hairstyle I've ever seen in my life. There's no way this dude's a vampire. <laughs> Vampires have cool hair, i.e. Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Vampires have style. They don't have hair like that. Right, They don't right. have a, a giant faux hawk. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, then then you find... Then uh, you know. Then you then you find the uh, <laughs> the new vampire movies that have been, been coming out. Stage five vampirism sparkles. sparkles. All vampires <laughs> that reach that kill sparkles. themselves. <laughs> I've slain Sarader. I should return Very immediately nuts. to Roland's cabin and give him the news. Yeah, it looks like he looks a lot better once he puts his helmet on too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's get a close up of this ridiculous haircut. Like, who cuts their hair like that? Who who? In the, in the Valenwood, who says who goes into a barbershop and says, just just make my whole head a point, just throw it up. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so there we go. Saw the adoring fan on the street and said, yes, that. Look at this, look at this poor guy right here. He's just a burning corpse, just nailed to the stalagmite or a stalactite, which I always confuse. I can't remember which one comes right. down. He had gold uh, on him, so I'll just take that. Keep on, keep it on, I guess. Um, okay, and uh, and and uh, Mark, back over to you. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. All right, so we're both extremely yeah. timely in this effort, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Completed the quest, and um, and the and the lore and the lore. So so that brings us over to our fast question: um, Would you ever? Get the haircut that Serider has. <laughs> no, that's not our fast question. Not. I've woken up with that haircut. <laughs> it's the kind of thing that you lose a bet and you get or you wake up with. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Fast question. We'll start. We'll go from, from Mike and then to Mark, and then we'll answer answer as to why. Uh, so, so, Mike... All right. More often than not, is the choice of vampirism for your character governed by role-playing or gameplay slash game mechanics? It would be role-playing. Um, okay. Even though, like... Whoa, 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 hold on. It's a fast question. We'll get oh, into yeah. why in a minute. And then, and then, Mark, what would you yeah, say? Yeah, I have to go with role-play as well. Role-play. Um, yeah, me too. Definitely role-play. Now, now, back over to Mike. Why, why, why that? It, even though, you know, like, you get some really cool benefits from, like, with ESO, everybody wanted to be the Vampire Dragon Knight, you know, type of thing. Uh, I just couldn't bring myself to being a vampire. And, you know, with Skyrim, I've always sided with Dawnguard. I just, there's something about it that just, they're the bad guy. It's like, you know, the orcs in all of the games. No matter what, I can't play an orc. They're always the bad guy, because... You know, being a you know longtime Dungeons and Dragons fan, longtime um, Tolkien fan, you know the vampire, even if they're the fallen hero, is still the bad guy. So yeah, it would have to be an RP choice for me. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I know where you're going with that one for sure. Um, at, at Mark, what about you? Uh, pretty much the same thing. Uh, I find that. Vampirism really does require such a shift in in how you play the game. And usually when I'm playing, like, I, I used to play a very 
sort of sneak thief type character. But as of as of late, I've been playing more of a knight errant type guy, and just it it doesn't really fit in most of my playthroughs. Usually, um, usually at some point, I'll I'll just try it. You know, I'll I'll do a completionist run and I'll just give it a shot to see what it's like. But it's it's rarely something that I feel the the mechanical benefits. Like I'll enjoy it more. Um, it's not something I'll, I'll. Sorry, it's not something I would usually choose for the mechanical benefits. If the if it fits the character, perfect. But otherwise, not really. Yeah, I I have to agree. I think every one of your points, um, you're you're dead on, and I I feel like um, a lot of Elder Scrolls players sort of feel the same way, <clears throat> and that's probably why why uh, vampirism was such an afterthought and lycanthropy was such an afterthought in Skyrim. It's, it's, um, it really is like gameplay that, that people deliberately take and plan to take based on who is this character and what, what am I, what are my goals and what am I looking to accomplish with this character? And not every, not every sneak thief out there wants to be a bad guy. I mean, if you were to take uh, role-playing rule sets and apply it to to actual legends, Robin Hood is a sneak thief. Yeah, he's not mm-hmm. a bad guy, as according to legend. Robin Hood wasn't a bad person. He was he was a thief. He was an archer for sure, but he wasn't. His heart was in the right place. Now, did you watch the new Doctor Who? Is that where this came from? No, no, I did actually watch the new Doctor Who, but. From last week, That's yeah, not no. last night. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. I, I watched it. Uh, the uh, the robots of uh, of Sherwood. Of Sherwood, yeah. Great, good I episode. Need to get by caught the way. up on that. Oh, it was it was a good episode. I'll tell you what, yeah, though, you have to watch the whole thing through in order for it to f- to f- reveal itself to be as good of an episode as it actually is. Yeah, it's probably the best of the three episodes so far. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. Now, you um, know, for me, it's kind of strange because I always play like the Dark Brotherhood assassin type of thing. I mean, you look at, you know, most of my little icons, you know, they're somehow either associated with the elf that is on like my uh, Tumblr or my Twitch account. Or, you know, many times you'll see uh, the black hand uh, from the Dark Brotherhood. And I still don't play vampires. I mean, I just I don't like them. And it really made me mad in Skyrim that, you know, if you want to complete the companions quest that you have to become a werewolf. And it's like, I'd rather have sided with the silver hands and killed the werewolves than to have actually become a werewolf. Yeah, how they handled lycanthropy in, in Skyrim was just just awful. I, I really didn't like their approach with it. Um, I like the, the approach. I think they did much better in um, with vampirism in Skyrim once they had Dawnguard out, though. Yes, you know, there it didn't feel like an afterthought. There it felt like a real, a real good addition to the world, uh, with some really good quest lines. Um, but yeah, no, the their approach to lycanthropy was just awful. You know, it, it didn't even when you had it, it didn't feel like it had any purpose. You didn't transform unless you wanted to. the The worst thing for a curse was you didn't sleep well. You know, wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, uh, and I, I've never tried lycanthropy, but I've heard this. I've definitely heard this. So maybe um, 
don't know. Maybe uh, maybe their next their next go at it'll will be a bit better. Mm-hmm. All right. So so we do um, we do have a uh, a listener email that that came in uh, from from Musclehead zero zero seven. And uh, Mike, would you would you mind uh, reading this first, please? Yep, not a problem. Hello and greetings, classic Elder Scrolls crew. I have a quick question to share with y'all about what I hope is in the next Elder Scrolls game. In the next Elder Scrolls game, I would very much appreciate the ability to rest slash fast travel from any location to any location, unless I'm in combat or in a dungeon. In the in which case, I would travel to the dungeon entrance slash exit. The reason why I would love this feature is due to the fact that whenever I attempt to rest or fast travel and I'm near an enemy, it makes it very frustrating to me to track the enemy down, fight and kill the enemy. Same thing goes for resting in an area. I would love a toggle to toggle a feature where if I wanted to fast travel, let's say solitude in Skyrim to Riften, the game would let me take me on the main roads, and if I get jumped by bandits, it pulls me out of fast traveling. It really frustrates me whenever there's a sloggerfish in a pool of water 50 feet from me and inhibiting me from fast traveling or resting. Because obviously, the sloggerfish shall evolve arms and legs, attack me while I'm resting. What are your thoughts on this? May your roads lead to you, you to warm sands. Musclehead 007. What's your take on this, Mark? Well, my first thought is that clearly this man has never seen the, the James Cameron classic Piranha Part 2 flying killers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's something James Cameron doesn't want to bring up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would say so. But, you know, who knows? Slaughterfish might learn how to fly. That Maybe that's what the problem is. Um, <laughs> seriously, though... Um, I see where he's coming from. And yeah, you get these silly things where you can't fast travel because there's a mud crab nearby or that that's seen you. And once again, it only knows hate and or there's a slaughter fish in the water that gets annoying. But at the same time, as a toggle feature, sure. But I, I guess I'd prefer to be uh, that, you know, fast travel, just be a straight thing. Okay, I wouldn't mind having some sort of bandit thing, but the problem is that if I'm playing a character who's sort of a woodsy type, well, he might not use the main road. He might instead go through the woods. So it would get a bit complex or immersion-breaking to have the character show up on the main road and be hit by bandits. Uh, At the same time, I don't really like the idea of fast-traveling within a dungeon to the exit. You know, I'd, I'd rather the character have to make the way their way back yeah i um what the hell <laughs> hold on hold on a second here sorry we're having a little bit of an issue in, in regards to our our audio <laughs> there we go i think i got it <laughs> i can hear my own dulcet tones what a wonderful thing <laughs> So yeah, that's right. you know that's that's sort of what I'm thinking there. Good. All right, uh, Mike. What about you? Anything? Yeah, you know, there's certain times when you know the enemy is so weak, type of enemy that uh, it, it should just register it as you're not being attacked. You know, and it's just 
in the general area and allow you to fast travel, especially sometimes you have to search all over the place to figure out what it is that is the enemy. Uh, so I can see that point, you know, where uh, if it's actively attacking you and you're in combat, that sure, let's, uh, you know, move on and have to kill it. But if you're not actively being attacked, then yeah, let me fast travel or rest or whatever is the case. And as I've said in the previous show, if, you know, you get jumped while you're resting, it should break the rest period or the sleep period and uh, um, mm-hmm. let you move on and have to actually fight. As frustrating as something like that can be, um, I, I, I do actually appreciate that in the older games because, you know, it adds it adds a certain level of, of difficulty to, to the game that um, uh, it felt right for, for those older games, so... Now, did you open up um, your uh, character sheet? Um, not the inventory sheet, but the character sheet, and see the uh, achievement of uh, Order of the Virtuous Blood. No, I didn't actually. Uh, let me let me take a quick look now. Now, uh, I have I've completed the quest. Uh, here it is, right here: Factions, Order of the Virtuous Blood, Brother. Got it. Yep. So there we go. Uh, I also received. This uh, spiffy little ring, Ring of Sunfire. Cool. Disease resist, 25% on self. Would have been nice to have before you went and battled the vampires. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Without a doubt. And uh, reflect spell, 17% on self, and it's a constant effect. So it's not like it needs to be cast or anything. And uh, and and that's it. So so um, that's it. That's the uh, the bottom of our show. Time for the top of our final thoughts. Let's uh, let's start with Mark. Um. Well, again, I had a great time with this. It was it was cool to go over how vampirism has changed and been portrayed in the games themselves. Because it's it's a neat little thing. I mean, most games don't go this deep to allow you to have this type of option. You know, vampires are enemies, and while they supposedly can turn you into a vampire, they don't. Here, if you get bitten by a vampire, you could become a vampire. It, it just shows how much work they put into these games. You should know. Before you're, we go, you're infected, aren't I, you? I'm infected. <laughs> <laughs> I, have por- I have porphyric hemophilia. <laughs> Take a potion. <laughs> I thought I thought that would be good to end up on that. Um, <laughs> Slayer becomes the enemy. Yeah, <laughs> again, again. Here we go again. There we go. It's it's uh, it's not gone. Mirren's Dagon is just going to send you know skeletal uh, un, uh skeletal vampiric minotaurs after you from here on. <laughs> Mike, final thoughts. Uh, I think it was a really good show. I, I'm really glad that uh, the quest fit into the time frame that uh, we wanted to meet so that uh, we, the viewing audience could see the beginning to the end and uh, get a feel for it. And uh, Next uh, show, I think we should definitely get you the uh, skeleton key so that you don't have to break a bazillion lockpicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 yeah, I took a potion of cure disease, so that's, that's gone for me, thank, thank goodness. I was not looking forward to, uh, another, another arduous task of, of ridding myself of, of vampirism. You, you show up to the witch. What? Again? Again? 
you kind of get yourself involved in too much, don't you? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Did I Sorry, tell you about Sonny, first one's free. <laughs> well, uh, great episode, guys. Um, to, to Mike and Mark, thank you so much for all of your help in, um, in, uh, coming up with the, the idea for this show and, and, um, all your research. Uh, thank you to, to the chat room for coming out, uh, earlier today and, and saying hi to us and, and watching the, watching the stream. Uh, thanks to all of you listening, uh, for the podcast and for watching on YouTube. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the foos be with you.